Hello, and welcome back to the Bizarre Junkies Deep Dive series. For those of you who may be new to Bizarre Junkies, this channel was actually started by myself and my late friend Christian Bosch, who passed away in 2021. This episode is another one of his gems, and he poured his heart and soul into this one. Please enjoy this week's episode, The Ocean at Night. Let's begin with a story. Mike Spaulding was a marathon swimmer. Like many other marathon swimmers, he would train by going on a long-distance ocean swim. These sessions are lengthy, and so Mike found himself swimming just an hour and a half past sunset on the night of March 16, 2009. He was swimming from the island of Hawaii to Maui. He was accompanied by a 30-foot escort vessel named the Radon, and a kayak. Just before 10 p.m., it became so dark out that the Radon skipper turned on his nightlights. Later, he asked the person in the kayak to turn on his lights as well. Just a few minutes past 10, Spaulding felt a very sharp pain in his leg. He yelped and swam over to the kayak. A four-inch chunk of flesh was bitten out of his left calf. A cookie-cutter shark had come to the surface and taken a chunk out of Spaulding's leg. Mind you, cookie-cutter sharks have been known to attack nuclear submarines, showing how deep they reside and how capable their teeth are. Spaulding ended up okay. A skin graft and nine months later, he had healed from the incident. I'm certain that he was a little more cautious about night swimming from then on. Now, if you've seen any movies about sharks, you don't really think twice about why a shark would try to eat someone. But it's not often that we see a cookie cutter shark come all the way to the surface and attack someone. The incident is one of the only documented cookie-cutter shark attacks on a human, which is significant as well as cause for concern. To understand the ocean at night theory, we have to understand what is known scientifically as vertical migration. Vertical migration is the movement of certain organisms such as zooplankton, either upwards or downwards in marine or fresh water. The vertical movements can be seasonal, ontogenic, or done in a cycle every 24 hours. These plankton and many other species move like this to either obtain food or escape predators. The migration has a substantial impact because it modulates the accessibility of prey for many predators. Keep this concept in mind. I'll explain further as we get into exactly what happened to Mike. Shortly before he felt the sharp pain, a few squids had actually bumped into him. The squids themselves weren't dangerous, so they weren't necessarily cause for concern. These squids typically migrate upward for prey and follow light to do so. Between the floodlight on the radon and the kayak light, the squids came all the way to the surface looking for some fish to eat. 
As those squids come up, so does their predator, the cookie cutter shark. The cookie cutter shark wasn't necessarily attracted by the light, but more so by the vertical migration of its prey. So, the shark made it to the surface and found a tasty evening snack in poor Mike's leg. Vertical migration is greatly affected by light. Things like solar eclipses and other drastic changes in lighting tend to cause abnormalities, since light is one of, if not the most important motivator for vertical migration. In this case, you have a creature that typically swims among submarines, coming all the way up to the surface thanks to the light on a boat. I know what you're thinking. I've been tricked into sitting through a lecture about marine ecology. What does this have to do with cryptids or conspiracies? I'm offended. Have a little faith. What you should get from this for now is that light can cause deep-dwelling predators to come towards the surface. Keep that in the back of your head as we move on. The Ocean at Night theory alleges that an artificial sun was built in the Gulf of Aden, a gulf between Yemen and Somalia. Yes, I realize artificial sun sounds like science fiction, but it's not. Scientists at the German Aerospace Center built the world's largest artificial sun, called Sinlight. In a nutshell, it's 149 gigantic spotlights that shoot out a combined light intensity 10,000 times greater than the sunlight we feel on Earth. Why? Well, to produce hydrogen to use as fuel. The way hydrogen is created is by separating the oxygen molecule from the hydrogen molecules in water. In nature, sunlight does this, albeit at a very slow pace not enough to meet our energy needs. We have a method called electrolysis that we sometimes resort to, but it's pricey and involves carbon emissions, so it's not ideal. The concept is that if we built an artificial sun that's close up to the Earth instead of far away like our sun is, not to mention that our atmosphere blocks a decent amount of the sun's rays, we can create intense heat and get hydrogen from water naturally, and at a much faster rate. By natural, I mean that there are no emissions from the process itself. Running all those lamps takes an obscene amount of energy, so well, you can see why artificial suns aren't standard practice. Disregard the fact that I just roped you into another lecture, and think about how something like an artificial sun could affect the process of vertical migration that we discussed earlier. It's a massive man-made light, orders of magnitude bigger and brighter than the boat light from Mike's story. On November 14, 2010, an intense swarm of earthquakes began in the western Gulf of Aden. Within a 48-hour period, 82 earthquakes with magnitudes between 4.5 and 5.5 were reported along an 80-kilometer-long segment of the Aden Ridge, making this one of the largest swarms of earthquakes ever observed in this type of setting. Between November 2010 and April 2011, 110 earthquakes occurred in this small region. 
This is to say the least jarring and unprecedented. The plot thickens, though. Nothing I've went over yet has been in the realm of conspiracy. With that being said, here we go. WikiLeaks reports that a Russian admiral observed the formation of a mysterious magnetic vortex centered in the Gulf of Aden in late 2000. The report alleges that the vortex defied all combined efforts of Russia, the US, and China to shut it down, or even figure out its exact origin or cause for being. This report says that the vortex was noted as having expanded in 2008, prompting an extraordinary warning to the entire world about this occurrence. In January 2009, the Combined Task Force 151 was created, a multinational force comprised of 27 of the world's navies. Countries that have led CTF 151 include Japan, Kuwait, Pakistan, Republic of Korea, Singapore, Turkey, and the USA. This massive force was deployed to the Gulf of Aden as a task force to combat Somalian pirates. WikiLeaks insinuates that this was a cover-up and the world's navies were really joining forces to defeat what many world officials believe is an attack upon our planet by, quote, forces previously unknown. Now, some of the words used make people believe that this force was extraterrestrial or not of Earth. That's not a can of worms I buy or care to get into for that matter. That version of the story does not reference an artificial sun, just the mysterious appearance of the vortex. The ocean at night theory is intrinsically linked to the artificial sun, so we'll go down that road. As we've gone over, any light-related phenomenon such as solar eclipses will throw a wrench into the process of vertical migration, causing the ecosystem to go topsy-turvy for a brief period. Imagine, this creature unearths drawn to the surface by the bright burning light. The sheer movement of a creature of unprecedented size causes this vortex and swarm of earthquakes just from its vertical movement alone. Under the guise of combating Somalian pirates, the world's navies mobilize against the beast. What exactly did the report mean by, quote, an attack on our planet by forces previously unknown? It seems like overkill to utilize 27 world navies to stop Somalian pirates. Not to say they aren't a threat, but with all the other circumstances, it would seem off if that was the actual case. There are two potential issues with the ocean at night theory. First, there is no proof I could find that there was ever an artificial sun being built in the Gulf of Aden. Of course, if these events were to be true, it would surely be covered up, which WikiLeaks alleges. That comes to the second potential issue. See, WikiLinks hasn't released the actual documented reference, but has given a few details. 
Reason being is that Julian Assange, who runs WikiLeaks, has been at odds with world leaders and has been known to weaponize information as bargaining chips for his continued safety. Assange asserts that should the information be released, it would, quote, undoubtedly sow panic through the globe. The quick rundown for those unfamiliar with WikiLeaks, it is a publication that releases leaked classified government data on the internet. Depending on who you ask, he is either a philanthropist or a cyber terrorist. He was recently arrested and is going through a series of trials. Personally, I find him credible and so I can only give my perspective of things. Mr. Assange was eventually indicted by the United States on 17 counts of violating the Espionage Act for his alleged role in soliciting, obtaining, and sometimes publishing material that the U.S. government deems to be classified. Important to note here is that the government isn't trying him for slander or libel, which would mean he is publishing or saying lies, they are trying him for literally obtaining and publishing actual classified government material. The only doubt here on the report is that he has only threatened to release the whole thing. We haven't seen the source material. You can come to your own conclusions here. The Ocean at Night theory is so compelling because it has the basis and potential to have some truth to it and lends to the possibility of a real-life sea monster. Or maybe I should say ocean monster. So, how did you like that? Cryptid with a little side of conspiracy. Do you think there's some plausibility to this theory? Or do you think there were just a bunch of Somalian pirates and earthquakes in the Gulf? Do you think the vortex itself is real? Do you... Think it was aliens? Please go ahead and let us know in the comments. As always, this has been truly bizarre. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Bizarre Junkies Deep Dive series. If you enjoyed it, please rate the podcast, share with your friends, and reach out to us and let us know what you like. We have merch for sale. We also have a Discord channel that you can join. The link is in the show notes. You can join and talk with other people who are like-minded, who like to talk about all of these kinds of things. And you can even possibly suggest some show topics there as well. Until next time, everybody, stay bizarre.